Hello, hello, hello. We are here. We are live. Welcome. Um, so uh, today, um, this is not real estate and finance discussions. Uh, we're, we're steering clear of that. That's why I got my hat on. It's a little different hat today. We're not talking about uh, mortgages and money. Uh, maybe we'll, I don't know. You never know where things go. But uh, but ultimately, what I want to um, chat about today is something that um, is going to be new for what we usually talk about, which is health and wellness. And uh, I find it, uh, we'll say apropos for this time of year. The reason I asked you to come in was because um, we're coming up on New Year. So I figured this was a, a good subject to get started with. But um, anyway, I have uh, Donna Shafir. Uh, she is a health and wellness expert. I'm going to call her, um, especially way compared to me. She's like a Yoda and I'm, I have no idea how the force works. So, um, so I'm really excited about this because this is something that I get fired up about. Um, I have a, a lot of thoughts, just like I'm sure you deal with clients every single day that, um, you know, think they know things, but, <laughs> but typically don't, okay. um, you know, we gotta, we gotta solve some myths and uh, answer some questions. So if you guys are, uh, setting up your new year's resolutions and trying to get on track for your body and your mind, this uh, will be a good one for you to check out. So, so Donna, tell me or tell everybody, um, tell us who you are, tell us what you do. Um, so that way we can uh, kind of establish your incredible credentials. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Yep. And I'm really excited to be here. I have some notes just in case I run, you know, I get tangential. Don, so. Donna's nervous. <laughs> I so. am. I am nervous. Thank <laughs> you for putting it out there. She's going to loose up. She's going to start. We're going to be a little tight and a little concerned. That's and right. then as we start to talk, you'll start to free up a little bit. By I the promise. end, we'll be partying here. That's right. We'll be dancing. We'll take in those shots of tequila <laughs> that you turned down a minute ago. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know. I have it right here close to me just in case. Um, so, yeah. So, my background is actually in psychology. Um, well, let me back up even before that. Sure. I started off really wanting to go to medical school. And I thought I was that was going to be the route for me. And then I decided nutrition was the route for me. Okay. And I found myself taking a lot of psychology classes. So that was the route for me. Okay. You're like <laughs> so, every young person on the planet. Exactly. But you were all in this, you were in the same neighborhood of, uh, of ideas of what you want to do is just different, you know, different paths you went down. Absolutely. Yeah. Serving others, yeah. um, helping others, for you sure. know, help in the, in the healing profession. Um, and so I just, you know, I just kind of followed that path of psychology and went on to, um, get my doctorate in psychology. Okay. So, um, so you're a PhD. I have a PhD and yeah. I'm really intimidated right now. <laughs> Don't be intimidated. <laughs> at all. I, I forget sometimes. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I should, you know, make my kids say doctor, doctor whenever, Donna. whenever the, excuse me, that's Dr. Mom, Dr. Mom, Dr. Shafir. I'm going to call you Dr. Shafir the rest of the way. <laughs> that's out. okay. No need. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I went that route and, um, became licensed as a therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been practicing a, uh, a uh, psychological well, yes, is that the right word psychological psychotherapist, psychotherapist okay. correct so i've been a licensed therapist since 2006 okay um and uh you know that that thing in the background of nutrition and health just kept just pinging back at me and i found myself taking just classes and courses and, and you had interest in it totally yeah, it's yeah. just a passion and i love it so much and Honestly, what I found was that with people that I was working with, that they would come to me and talk about either, and a lot with you know kids as well, some behavioral things right. or emotional things that they were going through. And um, then we would just talk about kind of their daily habits or even like what their breakfast looked like or their lunch looked like. And, you know, that I would, especially when I was in working in schools and I would talk to a lot of families, a lot of parents, and they would say, oh, well, they had donuts this morning. And yet here they are. 
Um, why are they so? Yeah. Why? Are, can you fix my child? <laughs> I'm like, well, why are they bouncing off the walls and can't focus? I don't understand. Don't get it. And so I, I was like, wait, there's, there's just so much more to this than just how people are um, describing their behaviors or their emotions. It's, it's all connected, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I decided to go back to study because I love. Honestly, my biggest passion is studying is school is learning and it's yeah. like never i never want to stop that's just like the you know you never stop i think the moment that you just you think that you know everything is is not a good moment you yeah. should always i always feel like there's more to know the more i know the more i realize how much i don't know yeah so, i think people run into that a lot they get uh, uh they get into a place where you know you get comfortable with what you understand and what you know and then you don't want to or i guess you it's not that you don't want to but you just don't find it important you know, to continue to expand your base of knowledge and stuff. And especially in what you do, um, because the science is changing, you know, constantly, constantly. Yeah. like you can't afford to not Absolutely. have that passion to want to keep learning. Right. For sure. You have to, you have to, you know, stay abreast of everything that's, that's changing and, and be really flexible and, you know, have a growth mindset because it's constantly changing. And, and I think it's, it's, it's good because it's humbling, but it's also you, uh, you are able to provide the most evidence-based yeah. Um, information to your clients. So I became a health coach and, um, and just kind of, and then also a nutritional therapy practitioner. So I brought back in the, you know, that the health part as well as the nutrition part, which are my biggest passions right. really, and just married it all together. So the whole mind, body, spirit thing. And then I have, you know, um, and we were talking right before this, I kind of, I always think of, I'm very much science-based, but I allow for those, um, for the those woo. things that we, the woo, the I'm woo. like science with a bit of woo, yes. <laughs> the things that you just can't explain currently, yeah. hopefully someday we'll be able to measure it in some way, because I think that's very important to be able to measure sure. things. Um, but at the same time, um, it's also, I, I'm kind of my, I allow my intuition to, uh, really guide me. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, even though the science is what supports the stuff and kind of informs the things that we um that we talk about and we decide like the path for a client the intuition has to be very well the world's always had a little bit of woo right yeah because <laughs> even when uh uh you know when we were living in huts and you know hunting and gathering around the planet uh the woo was how the sun came up we had no idea how that worked exactly. right so it was god it was whatever it yeah. was a million different things um but you know that was woo right and today there are things that occur that happen that we see and and people know that you can't explain and you can't measure like you said and mm -hmm. so but to just disregard those things and pretend yeah. like it's not there you're kind of selling yourself short and as a scientist which is ultimately what you are mm -hmm. um you want to explore and and prove things wrong, prove things right, do whatever you can, because at the end of the day, you're trying to get answers. And if you stop asking questions and you stop looking under rocks that other people say, oh, well, that's woo, you know, or, or woo, woo, too woo, um, <laughs> woo, woo. Then, then you get away from that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. And then your, your knowledge base is limited, right? You, yeah. you can't really grow from there. Yeah. And I think it, it really goes back to what we were talking about, just having kind of that flexibility and yeah that growth mindset, like there's other things that I can't explain. And, um, 
you know, you were, you were talking earlier about just like that you consider what I do as expertise and I'm the expert, but really when I'm sitting with a client, I truly believe that they're the experts. So I'm on their come, own body, on their own body, yeah. in their own lives. I, I come with the, I may have the background, the experience. I like to nerd out. Trust me. I like to nerd out on all this stuff yeah. and I bring it to the table, but they are the expert. And so this is very much a partnership. This mm -hmm. is not me. I don't want them to ever feel like they come to me and here's what you got to do. And you got to do right. this and, you know, follow this type of thing. Not at all. It's, it's, this is very much uh, uh, kind of a trial and error, error type of um, uh, experiment, if you will. For sure. And then we just kind of edit and refine whatever, you know, the path is that we, we take with well, us. I think when it comes to, this is something that I learned this year uh, or not this year, but I mean, I've just kind of started to pay more attention to it a little bit is just, uh, or understand it better is that, you know, when it comes to health and wellness of any kind for an individual, it's very, it's very personally based, right? You know, yeah. everything doesn't work for everybody. Um, there isn't necessarily a one size fits all. I, I'm, I would imagine we'll get into, I'm sure there's some tenants, you know, some basic stuff that kind of generally applies, but even in those situations, it's not a hundred percent, you know, it's not, it, you know, when you say, Hey, you know, you need to drink a lot of water every single day or, you know, that that's a good, I mean, yeah, for most people, for probably the vast majority, but there's probably some people out there that, you know, for whatever reason, they got some kind of issue with overconsumption of water. I don't know. No, but sure. point being is just that uh, health and wellness is a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. And if you go to, I would think if you go visit someone that you're trying to get information from, or you're trying to get advice from or help from, and they don't listen to you, they don't hear what you have to say about what you're experiencing personally. And they just start either prescribing or saying, well, you need to do this. You need to do this. It's probably not the right person that you're talking to because yeah, that might've worked for the person that you were had in here 30 minutes ago, but that's mm -hmm. not necessarily going to work for me. It's a very personal thing, right? Absolutely. And you know, to make it even more complicated is that it's so nuanced that what worked for me 20 years ago Yes. Won't work for me now, right? Because right. our bodies are so different yes. and our our environment is so different and our circumstances are so different. And heck, I mean, just even what worked maybe like six months ago with whatever, you know, whether it's a workout or the way that you, you know, your the stress management, you know, strategies that you're using, it right. might not work today. So I think it's constantly um part of my work with people is helping them develop a really uh healthy, positive relationship with their bodies. So that they can listen to what it is that their body is trying to tell them. Like, right. okay, this is this may have worked. It's not working right now. Right. And to keep fine-tuning it. Yeah. And that, well, you have to, that again, it goes back to the education piece. You have to continually, you have to educate yourself in your, mm -hmm. in your career path and the, in the, and the, uh, uh, you know, what you what you teach and work with people every day, but people have to educate themselves about themselves. That's why, you know, another thing that, you know, has been over the last couple of years that I've paid more attention to is the importance of, you know, things like blood work yeah. and just knowing, you know, it's kind of like ideal in, in money. So if you don't know your income and you don't know your expenses and you don't have your budget put together, yeah. then you're not going to know how to solve whatever financial issues you may be having. Mm -hmm. You have to have the data and for your body, if you don't know, you know, your hormone levels, if you don't know your vitamin levels, if you don't know all of those things, then it's going to be very difficult for you to, you know, really kind of identify certain issues that you're going to have without the data, right? Absolutely. And I mean, even, even before diving into those things, some people are just so out of touch that, with their bodies that they don't even know what real hunger is. They don't know right. what real satiety is. They don't know, um, 
I'll get a lot of, well, how did this feel whenever, you know, you ate this or like, I don't know, I didn't pay attention. And so it's even just going down to like the basics of like, okay, let's, let's learn how to listen to our bodies. Like, <laughs> right. is it, you know, and it, this is the most important relationship you'll ever have yeah. is the one with yourself. Right. And so if you don't even know how to, and, and they'll blindly go to someone and ask for pills or, you know, right. things to take, but they don't even know what the issue it, is yeah, or what they, the impact is right what the impact and just kind of like that there was some things that they just hadn't paid attention to that they could have maybe solved on their own before and i'm not saying that there's not room for that obviously sure. there is but um yeah just learning how to listen would, to yourself would you say that people um you know i've read a few things just regards to when i'm a if i eat poorly right mm -hmm. and i feel like crap all the time eventually I kind of get used to feeling like crap all the time. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. And so I don't notice that I feel like crap because that's just how I feel. Yeah. So, and I just assume that everybody feels the same way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that was the biggest, big, biggest experience that I had when I first really started paying attention to my own physical, uh, you know, health and wellness, which just like everybody else, it's a roller coaster. I'm up sure. and down all the time, but I did start to like alcohol, for example. Yeah. Um, I love drinking. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I yeah. love whiskey. I love scotch. I love vodka. I'm not a beer guy because of the, the, like I got kind of a gluten thing too, where it makes okay. my sinuses all flare up or whatever, which yeah. I figured out, you know, when I was younger, but, uh, but I did notice that when I, when I took time off of drinking for like two weeks, three weeks where I didn't have anything, yeah, you just feel so much better. You know what I mean? And then I would have a day or two, like at the holidays, like right now, I feel like crap because I've been drinking and eating for like two weeks, Right. but you start to feel like you're, you're bloated. You're, you know, you feel sluggish, you know, things hurt and you're like, what is going on? And then, and then I think back, I'm like, well, I've been drinking for like the last four days. Not, not heavy. Like I'm not, you know, getting obliterated and pounding a bottle of crown, but three or four or five drinks, you know, in a social environment, hanging out with the family and doing that kind of thing. Yeah. And I just feel like complete crap. But you don't know, you can't notice the difference until you experience it without it, right? Exactly. And I think I read this, I must have read it like 10 years ago or something where most people will die never knowing what it was like to feel good. And that really like stuck with me because it made me sad that people will just go on living their lives feeling like crap and kind of just saying, well, it is what it is, you yeah. know, like just allowing that to be just the, you know, the case and not even knowing that they could feel, even if it was 1% better, that they could feel 1% better. Yeah. And I think, um, as you notice that it takes eliminating what it is, or at least, at least decreasing the amount of what it yes. is that's, that's, um, assaulting your body mm -hmm. to, to be like, wait a minute. So this is a possibility. And I think that's part of it too, is that some people just have this narrative that this is the way that it's always going to, it's always been this way. It's always going to be this way. And so, they They've kind of told themselves that. Yeah, they can't yeah. even imagine that it could be something different, and yeah. so that's sad to me. Yeah, well, and you have to experience it, and you have to, you have, like I said, I think you have to feel it. You have to do certain things. Like my, uh, my, uh, my father died last year, I'm and sorry. or a year or so, a year and a half ago, yeah. and um, he wasn't in great health by many strangers, in, in good or bad. He was kind of the catalyst for me to look and go. I don't really want to be like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so. So it was kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, that he looks, he looked just like me. So it was like, okay, that's in my future if I don't figure out how to take better care of myself. Um, but one of the things that he did on a regular basis that, you know, I would kind of harp on him about when I would see him was uh, he loved Pepsi. 
Like mm. it was his favorite thing. And he would have a liter of Pepsi in his house. Oh. Every time he go to his house, there was a liter of Pepsi and there was a jar of peanut M&Ms or bowl of peanut M&Ms on the table. And he loved them. And he, and he would just a couple here, a couple there. But at one point he was like drinking a liter of Pepsi a day. Wow. And, and, when I would tell him like, you know, you just need to just cut back a little bit, take, drink half a liter. I don't, I don't know, just drink a little bit less. But when you get into these habits and these modes and you're, it's almost like you're autonomic, you're just kind of doing it without thinking about it mm -hmm. then. And you, nothing changes because you feel the same that you've always felt, whether you know that that's bad or not, that's just how you feel. Yeah. And so it's very hard to trigger changes in your in your behavior which is the only thing that's going to trigger positive impacts on your health and so it's kind of one of those things it's like well what do you do to try to get yourself you know in a place where okay you know is it do you have to have a heart attack do you have to have like what is it typically like in your experience with dealing with people that's that trigger point where they go okay I got to start taking better care of myself. I need to start doing these things. Like how does that come about in most people? Yeah. So first of all, I'm sorry about your dad. That's, oh yeah. You know, well, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not unfortunate. It's, it's sad. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I get different types of people, but um, you know, some are just very like on top of their health and they just want to make sure they continue to be. And they have like, um, you know, whether it's a, a certain smaller reason or a bigger reason why right. they just want to, they're, either high achievers and just want to make sure yeah. they continue to be on top. But then I, a lot of the times I get the people that have reached kind of that rock bottom situation where, um, and I like those and I'll tell you why, but okay. I reach, I, they, they reach out to me kind of at the rock bottom. Like they, they just can no longer go on in this way. And right. so they realize that they have to, that something has to change and they have a big why usually it's something that's either they've lost someone and they don't want to go down yeah. the same path or, um, they've had like that heart attack or whatever Di diabetic diagnosis or yeah, something exactly yeah. and it's scary um and they're re realizing you know their own mortality and and wanting to get on top of that but i when when i get those types of clients what i like about that is i tell them it's like wow it sounds you know like you've reached your rock bottom and and that's a good thing because that means there's no there's no way you're not go going down any further yes we're going up, up. Oh we're going up from here and so that's very you know we we try to, we talked earlier about just positivity. We really try to um, focus on the positive aspects and strength-based and, and you know, those things like the the things that brought them there. Like, okay, yes, you've done all these um, behaviors that maybe led you here. And sometimes it's not just things that they've done, but things that have happened to them. That does, you know, obviously we have um, our own. You have to have ability. a catalyst that gets you moving. Uh, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, just life can be crappy and things can happen. Um, so. Um, uh, anyway, but trying to just focus on that, that strength of them reaching out because that's so hard in your practice. Do you feel like you have more people that come to you that are the, you know, I'm, I'm already at a certain level of fitness and I wouldn't want to raise my game. Or do you think you have more people that come to you that are maybe not the rock bottom kind, but just, just folks that are, I got to figure something out and I got to get on the right path. Would, yeah, it's probably half. half oh, really? Half. 50, yeah. 50, I, okay. I do. I definitely get those ones that are just like, they just want to stay you know, stay on their A game or, or like they've noticed just a little bit of slip or even like those, those, um, people who have gone through life transitions, whether it's, um, just gotten married or had a baby or about to have a baby wanting right. to prepare for that. Or I actually get a lot of, um, older people too, like seniors. And so that's, really? that's, yeah, that's really neat yeah. because they're just, they're, they're just ready to take yeah. control of their health. And yeah. so, um, well, longevity is a big thing now. Um, yeah. it's a big, um, 
business, I guess you could call it to some extent, just in that there's a lot of, uh, you know, different neuroscientists and, and nutritionists and stuff that I, that I follow at least that, yeah. that talk a lot about different activities and things to extend your life and make your life longer, better. Cause I think there, we, our parents maybe, how old are you? I'm 46, 46. Okay. Yeah. So we're about the same age. I'm yeah. 44. Yeah. Um, sorry. I, I know You're that is that an inappropriate No, thing I don't care. I'll talk about, I'll, um, I'm fine. but, uh, <laughs> I think our parents in, in you know, it, we kind of lived in a world where it's like, well, once you get old, you're old, you know, yeah. well, I'm, I'm 50 now. So this is just what life is. <laughs> and, you know, I think that mindset starting to shift a little bit and especially in the, in the health and wellness community of saying, no, 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 you, you got to, you may have another 50 years once you hit 50, because life extension is really, if you take care of yourself and you manage your body well, and especially your mind, because it plays such a big yeah. part of that, that if you handle those pieces, well, you could these, this day and age with the technology that we have and the knowledge that we have, you know, there's, I've seen at least people talk about there's, there's an expectation that if you take care of yourself, you could live well into your hundreds, you know, 105, yeah. 110 yeah. and have, you know, there's a difference between living a long time and then having a good life for a long exactly. time. Exactly. Right? I think, you know, um, yes, the longevity part is obviously, you know, something that has been talked about for a long time, but I think more importantly is quality of life. Yes. And, um, and, and we've been able to, through medical, we, I've done nothing, but the medical, the medical community has been able to extend life, you know, through like amazing measures, but keep it at, to what, you know, to what like the expense to really, you know, like yeah. to where people are not actually having a good life living longer yeah. and they're, they're not feeling well. And so, um, you know, the, the idea behind just what I do and people who are more on the uh, preventive side of things is to make sure that people live a quality filled life. And even if it's something that's shorter, it's not to the hundreds, but one that's, um, where a person is active, where they we're, Ultimately, to to me, what it boils down to down to is to people feeling free, like the freedom to move their body, the yeah, freedom to, to get around to and to not be hampered by that. Yeah, absolutely, and that's so important. And once you lose that freedom, um, yeah, I mean, that's when just, things start to go downhill. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, so. well, and I think that's why you see people um, that when they retire from work, when their job ends, yes. um, death tends to happen quickly yeah. after that, even really healthy people, yeah. because it's that, and again, that goes back to the mindset part of it that you were talking about where you, you know, I think you have to have a reason to get up every day. You have to have a, why, why am I waking up? What am I accomplishing? What are yeah. my goals? What am I, what am I trying to get to? And if your entire life was wrapped up, you know, my wife and I talk about this a lot mm -hmm. with our kids because we have two kids with 15 and a 14 year old or a, excuse me, a 15 and 13 year old. Yeah. And, um, you know, that being said, we've got five or six more years of them, you know, of my son being the last one to go being around the house. And then after that they're gone. Yeah. And so our entire life right now pretty much revolves around them. Mm -hmm. So the moment that they walk out the door, then we got to figure out <laughs> who we are, what, what we're we going to do? do. What are we going to do? Are you? Now we're not retiring from work or anything like that, yeah. but but that still is a big chunk of our life that's that's going away essentially. I know. So, so I think you have to have those reasons. That's why you see these guys that have been working at this, you know, this company for fifty years, doing all this stuff. Then they retire one day, and they're like, "Well, what now? Like, what am I going to do now?" So that part I think is very important when it comes to your mental health, as far as like, okay, you're done working, you're done, but now you've got to have a reason to get up and go do something every day, right? Yeah, for sure. And first of all, I think we need to coin. A different word like retired it's like 
re-tired, like being tired again. I right. don't like it. I think we need to I, hey, it. I'm with you. I agree. That's <laughs> a bad word. I so agree. I think, you know, I mean, language is also really important. So like we need to just give it a different term, but yeah, stop working. Cause you have to. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think you <laughs> do know, what you want. I think we should never stop working. Yeah. I mean, whether it's okay, maybe you're not working like uh, in the field, working on, you know, yeah. mowing or going and, you know, but doing do loans, something. but do something, do yeah. something. And I think that's super important that to that, why the, the reason that you wake up in the morning and feeling like a sense of purpose, Yeah, that's actually really tied into people's um, mental health and longevity and if they don't feel like they have a purpose they start slowly just kind that of depression starts kicking in really yeah. yeah 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 so all right so we're it's it's december the 30th and uh, the new year's is around the corner and this yeah. is everybody's favorite time i know i'm sure I, I i i uh i think it's funny because other health professionals that i know that i've spoken to especially around this time of year everybody kind of rolls their eyes like oh yeah everybody's new year's resolutions are kicking in <laughs> yeah we're going to the gym and it's like you know okay i'm gonna get my gym membership i'm gonna go to the gym i'm gonna go to the store and buy all my gym clothes yes. i'm gonna get my new water bottle i'm gonna have all these little tools i'm gonna get ready to go mm -hmm. and then a lot of people will go once twice maybe even three times and then it starts to go right downhill right yeah so from in your professional opinion like what are, let's start with this. How do I stick with the goals that I'm trying to set for myself? I want to get into what the goals should be maybe to some extent, but again, that varies by person, but just when it comes to general habits and behaviors that you can put yourself into on a regular basis to get you going in the direction that you want to go, mm -hmm. right? What, from your experience, what do you see people have the most success with? Yeah. So first of all, I think, you know, resolutions like it's not inherently like a bad thing it's just that people generally just they choose the same one that they chose last year because right. obviously it didn't, it didn't work, work out right yeah and they just decide you know they're this is the year they're going to get in shape this uh -huh. is the year they're going to lose you know those 10 pounds this is whatever it is and they just kind of do it there's no plan right. there's no setting up your environment there's no kind of path that they have set out for themselves they're just going to do it and so Typically what they do is they just go all in, right? They'll go to the gym like five days a week. They'll just like work out really hard. Sore and worn out, tired. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They just like put it all, you know, into it. They'll, you know, get rid of all the junk food. They'll eat all that, you know, whatever. I'm just going to say chicken and rice and broccoli because right. that's the that's stereotype. The Baked chicken, brown rice, that's the stereotype. steamed broccoli. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then... Um, you know, they'll, they'll just, and they'll not allow for anything else. They'll just do that. And then a few, it's weeks like in, cold Turkey. It's like, you're going, yeah. you're stopped smoking. didn't never happening again, never happening again. And so, and they don't and even identify fail. any barriers that might come up or, a, you know, whatever might come up that will challenge those, that, that mindset that they have. And three weeks, three weeks in there. And I'm just, I think you're being it. generous with three I, weeks. Probably. Honestly. I think it's like they said like January. Well, kind of January, January night by January 19th, people like most people will have, you know, back given to their up. own ways. Yeah. But I think what, you know, they just kind of burn out. Yeah. It's, it's not sustainable. Yeah. So I think whenever you're, you're, you have a goal in mind, mm -hmm. you have to really think it out. It has to be something that you take seriously and it has to be realistic, you know, kind of how you think like the smart goals where yeah. it has to be, um, it has to be something that is realistic. It has to be something that um, is sustainable. It has to be something that you um, that you measure. Mm -hmm. You know, like let's say it is something that um, involves with weight loss. Mm -hmm. You have to measure it just so you need to know if you're on the right path. And, yeah. and I'm not saying getting 
um, you know, getting obsessive about it, yeah. but just knowing step on a scale, it just knowing yeah. kind of where you are, if you're yeah. headed in the right direction so that you can at least like, if you've gone off course, you can know to self-correct. Right. Um, and so, uh, having those goals or having a resolution is not, as I said, inherently bad, but it's just that you, the way that people go about it, how do you it, put the plan together? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, also just not having an all or nothing mindset where, um, okay, let's, I get, I get this a lot. Like I don't have an hour to work out a day. Okay. And so my I can't question fit it is, in. I can't fit it in. Well, and, you do have 24 hours and I'm like, and how you use the those 24 hours are up to you, but that too, but yeah. you know, like, do you have 10 minutes? Yeah. And most people will say, well, yeah, I have 10 minutes. Okay. Well, let's do something, you know, let's do something for 10 minutes a day. Yeah. And they're like, well, what good What's is that? that? Gonna do? Yep. What good is that? Well, it's better than nothing. So yeah. to me, 1% yes. is better than zero. Yes. And so if that means that you're walking 10 minutes a day, maybe you're not an hour of, you know, workout, that's fine, but you're walking 10 minutes a day or you're eating one more serving of vegetable or you're sleeping 10 more minutes a day or you're doing, you know, two minutes of breathing versus like you know, the 20 minute meditation. Right. That's amazing. That's yeah. better than what you started out with. And the thing is that um, I found that behavior begets behavior, right? Yes. So the more you do, the more you do something, the more you do it. It's a snowball effect. It is. Yeah. And so like, you know, let's say you do start going on walks. Well, that makes you want to eat better. And then yeah. when you eat better, yes. you just sleep better. Right. And so it just kind of all, it, it really doesn't matter where you start, but I would say, um, start where is easiest for you and where the lowest hanging fruit is. So if someone says to me, like the other day, I had this client who's like, and I actually get this one a lot is where they say, um, you know, it's the exercise is no big deal to me that I enjoy. I love doing that. It's the nutrition that gets me. And I'm like, okay, well let's start there. Yeah. Let's start with the exercise. Yeah. Like let's get back into that and um, do something you have success with. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you feel successful, you feel motivated. It's reinforcing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then the more you do that, the more you want to say, well, now I want to eat better. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, back to your point of like with the goals, I think it's again, making them realistic, making them sustainable long-term. So you're not there, you know, where we have all these like fad diets and they're tools, they're great, you know, cool. Like let's say someone decides to go low carb or keto. Those are, those can be great tools for sure. different situations and circumstances. So I don't want to invalidate them because they can have yeah. a purpose um, in the right spot. But um, well, the, I think the problem is, is when you try to do too much, at one time, yes. you're going to fail. For sure, you're absolutely going to fail. Um, and especially if you're wading into waters that you're not familiar with, like if it's not something you do on a regular basis or something you're trying something new. Um, more often than not, you're going to fall down and you're going to fail. Everybody does. I mean, we do all yeah, the time. I do. I, I I read and watch video. I mean. The reason, like I said, the reason I want you to have it in here is because there's a lot of stuff. I, I'm fascinated by this topic. And so I spend a lot of time and brain energy, like listening and, and reading. Do you know who uh, Rhonda Patrick is? Yeah. Okay. So one of my, I follow her on uh -huh. Instagram and, and YouTube and she's great. Andrew Huberman yep. and all of these guys. Like I'm, I'm fascinated with this stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, and so, but, and I know <laughs> a lot about it. But I'm terrible at execution a lot of times because mm -hmm. I just fail like everybody else. But I have to go back and I have to restart constantly. And when I say restart, what I'm talking about is is I just go back to some basic stuff and have and start forming those habits again. Yeah. So, you know, I read a book one time, I can't remember the name of it. It was some health 
fitness book, but it was basically saying, you know, um, you want to run a marathon. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's your goal, right? Well, if you've never run a marathon before and you don't run and you don't, that's not what you do. Mm -hmm. Well then go outside and walk around the block mm -hmm. one time mm -hmm. and then go back inside and be done for the day. Mm -hmm. Don't say you got to walk 10 miles and you got to just go once. And then the next day go around the block twice and the next day, three times. And then so on and so forth. And then run around the block. And then, you know, you have to take those little steps because if you don't take the small steps, you're never going to achieve the big goal. It's for never sure. going to get there. Yeah. And you need help figuring out sometimes what those small steps are, right? Yeah. And I and and that's the thing. Like people, as you just put so eloquently, they'll just kind of like jump to like those big things yes. and just like miss those little things that yeah. those like daily habits and the little things that add up. And and what I encourage my clients to do is just grab one or two, maybe three if we're being you know, we're being ambitious, ambitious, yes. yes. Um, habits and uh -huh. just do them daily. Yeah. Consistency daily, 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 you know, like, and you know, Dave, um, my husband, mm -hmm. he, um, has been working out consistently for the last year and a half. So we've talked about the consistency point, like he'll show up, even if it's like, don't want to be day, there, don't want to be there. And he'll just like walk, Yeah, but just do something, there. just do something and do yeah. it consistently. It takes about 21, 22 days. I mean, the numbers don't really matter too much to form a habit, but yeah. in order to make it automatic, it's about 66 days. Yeah. So, um, you know, people, what I find is that they'll, they'll say that they failed, you know, at something like a, a goal that they had set out for themselves, but really they just gave up too quickly. Right. Like they gave up at that mark that yeah. it could have become like, what if they just waited a little bit longer and con continued a little bit longer and then they would have found a little bit of, you know, success. Okay. And then that would have driven them to do more. And so just consistently doing those things, once you have like two, three habits going on, then you add a couple more. And then before you know it, you have a routine going on. Mm -hmm. And so um, instead of just jumping all in, just doing, as you said, the little walk and then going the next day and doing the longer walk and then longer. And then it just becomes like a thing that you do. That's just what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've uh, read some books over this last year or so about about habits. Like I've become very, um, very interested in habit formation. And mm -hmm. you, I, I didn't realize how much of our daily life is just automatic. Yeah. Like you just do what you do every day and you don't think about it because there's certain parts of your brain that are just programmed to, I get up, I brush my teeth, I put my pants on, I go make coffee, I go to the bathroom, I go, you know, you just, you do that. And if you really look at your routine, if you sit down and think about it, you're like, okay, what am I like that? And you go, well, yeah, I do this. Totally. Do this. Everybody's like that. Yeah. We all have our, our, our routines that we do in the morning and the evening and everything else. So once you're aware of that and you know that this thing exists, then you get into, okay, well, how do I, how do I change it? Because if I can, I'm like a computer, if I can program myself to do the things that I want to do mm -hmm. and not the things that I just do because I'm already in the habit of doing them. Well, how's that work? You know, how do I, how do I create these things? And back to the mindset and the psychology of it, you know, the whole thing about triggering and rewards. And, you know, like I got into a habit where, um, and I've, in and out of it because I've added things to it. But, you know, I just, I wanted to do push-ups in the morning. I wanted to get up because it gets my blood flowing, you know, and, you know, I'm a guy, I want to get some big muscles, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so I would wake up and the first thing I always do is brush my teeth because I'm a mouse mouth breather. So I'm like, 
yeah. your mouth disgusting in the morning. <laughs> so <laughs> great visuals. I'm loving this. That's right. So I wake up. I want to brush my teeth because my mouth is gross. And then and then I would do push-ups. Yeah. I would do like 20, right? Yeah. And my goal was like, oh, I want to do 20 more later, 20 more later, whatever. But just that first round of doing that, there was a good solid six or eight months of me doing that consistently. I, I maybe never got to the next 20 or the next 20 or whatever. But just that trigger of brushing my teeth yeah. told my brain, oh, now we got to do the push-ups. And I would do it without thinking about it necessarily. You know what I mean? Once you get to a certain point. Yep. That's habit stacking what yeah. you just did there. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so explain and that that's actually me. a great thing. So what you did is that you, you checked, well, let's say someone was brushing their teeth and then they decided to do squats with it. Okay. But what you did is you said, every time that I'm done brushing my teeth, I'm going to go do my pushups. And uh -huh. so you stacked a habit that you already have, uh -huh. and then you added something to it that you're trying to learn. And so it becomes something that becomes paired with it. Okay. And that's a really good way to, um, to learn a new habit. So let's say while I'm preparing my coffee, mm -hmm. I want to incorporate breathing or meditation. So okay. I'm making the coffee. It's kind of meditative anyway. Yeah. This is a really good time to either like you can practice gratitude or, you know, um, just have a few moments of just breathing or just meditation, whatever it is that you want to do. Or so real quick, because yeah. you're saying, talking about meditation stuff, yeah. and this is, this is why this thing's going to go on forever. <laughs> but when, when someone introduced me to meditation a long time ago and I'm sitting there, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like you want me to sit and, and think about what, yeah. you know, think about nothing. Well, I can't think about nothing because yeah. my brain is always going constantly. But then I talked to somebody else, read a book, and they and it was put into a different perspective for me that um, it's exercise, mm -hmm. okay? It's brain exercise mm -hmm. because when your brain makes you do the things that you do on a daily basis without thinking about it and you don't have control over that behavior, you have to exercise that muscle in order to get control over those behaviors. So whether it be emotional or whether it be you know, you overreact to stuff or you get really angry about something or, you know, whatever the case may be, learning how to control that is very important. And I think when, when you say meditation, I think a lot of people get into the woo world. They're like, Oh, here we go. We're yeah. going to hold our fingers and go, um, yeah. but will you talk about just a little bit about that, that that's not necessarily what that is all that mm -hmm. it can get there. And there can be wonderful things that happen once you, that's why it's called a practice mm -hmm. once you get to that point. But but can you elaborate a little bit on the whole meditation thing and calming your mind and what the benefits of that are? Yeah. So um, to me, yes, I'm, I'm with you that it can be really hard to just, well, what do you mean? I can't think of something. Yeah. I can't think of anything. I, I'm constantly thinking, but it's bringing yourself back to your breath. So let's say you are starting to think about, well, what do I have to, you know, pick up for the kids after school or what's going on? Just constantly bring yourself, okay, breathe, breathe. So you can use whatever word it is that you want to use to bring yourself back in. For me, it's breathing or, yeah. you know. Um, visualizing a place for yourself that just feels calming. And it is, it's learning how to center yourself. Well, you're controlling your brain. Yes. Yeah. And practicing it daily so that when, because it will happen, it's not if, but when something happens that is going to rattle you, yep. you'll be able to breathe through it. Right. And that's really hard to do, right? Because especially if you're a reactive person or if you're kind of emotionally like like forward, like that's where, you know, you're driven by that. Um, it's going to be harder to do. So that's why, as you said, it is called a practice because you have to constantly practice that. Not to mention that if you start your day um, in that kind of state versus like going on your emails or checking the news. Immediately getting all the dopamine yeah, hits to your brain. Exactly. Yeah. This way you're just, you're just kind of set, 
you have, you're setting this intention and also you're practicing this intention of just bringing more calm and then being able to handle what it is that's coming your way. It doesn't yeah. mean it's going to be perfect. Like I practice no. this and I'm still like, no, not at all. Me, but yes, I, I've gone in and out of doing it. What One of the things that I do now um, that I've been doing for, I don't know, about a couple months um, is, and this I got from Andrew Huberman yeah. was um, in the morning when I wake up, you know, I used to drink coffee like right away. Mm -hmm. my, my wife and I just brew a cup and we're ready to go. Yeah. But then, you know, you kind of experience a little afternoon sluggishness, you know, because, um, and I don't know the science, but he, he can explain it, but essentially the concept is you get out of bed. Natural light is very important when you mm -hmm. wake up because you have natural rhythms, circadian rhythms in your body that tell you when to be awake and tell you when to sleep yep. and phones, you know, interact with that all the time because of the light, the, you know, the blue light that comes out of these and screens and all that kind of stuff. So in the morning you get up or I get up and the first thing I do is I go outside and I go walk. And I go walk. Right. I usually go walk for about 30 minutes. I'm not running. I'm not sprinting. I'm, I'm literally just walking. Yeah. Um, now I've, I've very, sometimes I listen to a book. Sometimes I don't listen to anything. If I just want to, it's like a meditative thing where I'm just mm -hmm. walking and with my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm thinking about stuff. Sometimes I'm not, it just depends on the circumstance of the day and what's going on. Um, but it puts me in a place where I don't check my email. I'm not checking, you know, social media. I'm not, you know, reading anything. Um, sometimes the listening part of it is that's why I get vacillate on it a little bit, but, uh, but then outside you get the natural light and then you get mm -hmm. movement. And it, that was the part I didn't know too, is that your, your visual, um, field when you're walking, you're seeing things moving around. Well, this, this kind of cues your body to be awake naturally on its own. Mm -hmm. And then, and then his thing is, is, you know, then you can go get the coffee like an hour and a half later, because yeah. now all of those, you know, cellular triggers or whatever's happening in there is, is reset to a place that you're not requiring something artificial to get your body awake in an alert state. And then you can use the artificial stuff later on. For sure. Um, but that's, that's just something that for me that I've started to adopt in my routine just because it's, it is like you said in the morning, it's just relaxing. It's, it's, it puts me in a place where I'm not, you know, I mean, there's always stress and things like that, but at least I have, I feel like I have control over it in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think for us too, like our getting our workouts in the morning is super important and getting some, some sun is important yeah. too and daily walks and things like that. And, um, it, when you start your day in that kind of, in that fashion versus again, just jumping into all the things that just trigger you, Yeah, it makes, it really has made for me, it's made a huge difference. I've been practicing that the last couple of years, just like not going to emails first, not going yeah. to all those things first. And it's just it's amazing. Well, can you say how important or, or give me your opinion on how important it is to, to have time to yourself where you just, you know, I say, just think, right. You're just sitting and thinking you're not, mm -hmm. you're not being stimulated. Cause right now we live in this world where there's so much stimulation. That's a problem I have with my kids to some extent. And I, I mean, it's my fault that I'm not blaming them, sure. you know, cause we give them the TV or the yeah. screens and the phones and the playstations and everything else, you know, at least as kids, when we were growing up, we had to be bored. You know, exactly. we would sit in a doctor's office for four and a half hours waiting to go see the doctor and there was nothing to do Too but read, read the highlights magazine <laughs> yeah. or, or play with the, you know, the little, what's the little wires with the balls that go around. <laughs> so like there was nothing to do. Um, and I'm not saying like we had stimulation too, and it, it all varies by generation, but it's become such an issue now in our society that nobody has time to either, whether you want to call it be bored, whether you want to call it think to yourself, whatever, but how important is that, especially for your mental health? I think it's profound. Like it's, in, it's very important. I think, you know, in my opinion, my very humble opinion is it's 
one of the causes of burnout, which a lot of people are experiencing these days, is that we're just overstimulated. It's just constant. We can't hide from anything. Right. We're constantly being bombarded by either emails or, you know, whatever other stimuli we have around us. And it's just getting more and more and more. And it's just it's just overwhelming, right? And so we need to have um, some kind of daily practice where we're just like, we just get to see me take a breath for that because you just have to get away from it all to just um, just reflect, mm-hmm. you know, on yeah. on what it is that you're thinking and feeling, or maybe even just like just be it with nature. I mean, we are so disconnected from nature anyway, and so just have that time to just get away from all these artificial stimuli. Which I'm so grateful for technology; it's wonderful, yeah, it's absolutely great tools, great yeah. tools. Mm-hmm. But um, to have it all the time that really just goes against just our human needs. We're really, and, and, you know, back to what you said, your new habits are of just getting outside. Those are things that people were doing always. Yeah. That's, that's been the default before now. Yeah. And, you know, many of the things that we're experiencing these days, whether it's uh, on the physical level or mental, but it's all, it's all connected just uh, as humans. It is because we're just constantly, um, stimulated by things around us and we just don't we're not following just like the natural rhythm of things Mm -hmm. and so very important yeah it puts you it it puts you in a place where um if you don't have that and you you see that term nowadays they call it what is it quiet quitting have you seen that yes yeah where um you know employees of companies and that kind of thing we we got con right here he's talking about basketball is his meditation like he's the he's my official contributor to the show from the outside. Aww. So he uh, <laughs> he him and his uh, uh, young son they just won their first uh, basketball tournament this weekend. So I know they're oh, that's awesome. they're pumped up at the Jackson household. So shout out to him. But um, but I think uh, when you talk about or w- when there's this this new thing called quiet quitting that's occurring, yeah. when you talk about burnout and people mm-hmm. not being able and and they think well I'm overstressed or I'm a and it's like, what's the solution? That's why we drink too much. That's why we do drugs. That's why we, you know, some people they'll go run. That's their, you know, addiction. They'll go out there and just run for two hours because they got to get everything out of their head. But you have to have that time to yourself or else you get to those points where you're just, you just give up and you're just like, I can't do it anymore. And I, I think, I mean, I don't know. And, on this piece right here, you, did you grow up in Israel? So I, uh, I was born in San Diego and then we moved, my parents are Israeli. I moved to Israel when I was six. I was there till I was 12. I spent summers there afterwards. So you were in, I I grew up, you know, my, so I had formative years there, but then came here for my, you know. So I don't know if it's the same, what I would call the the European model, if it's kind of falls into the same thing, but the idea behind like work's important, you know, you need to work, you got to support your family and have, you know, missions gold, but time to yourself is also important. You know, the, the whole idea of whether it's the, the siesta and the, in the Spanish culture, or if it's, you know, working four days a week as opposed to five or, you know, on and off days or whatever, um, is, do you feel like that that's a better model, you know, as far as like for mental health? Yeah. Like, are you talking like about like a four day, um, just, just, you know, th- I, we live in the United States and it's just go, go, go work, 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 succeed, I, succeed, succeed. I think it's yeah. as opposed to just like, it's okay to not hustle every day. Well, I think whether it's my opinion or not, I think the evidence is kind of in the, you know, like we're seeing people sick, mm-hmm. me- like physically, mentally, emotionally, they're just not doing well. Right. Yeah. And we're, we're, as you said, we're in that very like hustle type of, 
um, culture where just go all the time and, and go around the clock and not have, and time off is just something that we have to constantly earn versus like this right of just having time off. And yeah. so I think there's, you know, evidence for that. Now, Israel is not like, Israel is more like here, but like in the European model, yeah, I mean, it's, you have to take a month off. Yeah. You had, those things are, you have to spend time with your family eating meals. And so um, definitely that's a better model. Right? Well, I think it's funny because when you, everybody has extremes and somebody will hear that and go, yeah, I should take time to myself. And then all they do is take time to themselves. It's like, okay, wait a minute. There's a balance, right? Like Absolutely. you got to hustle, but you also got to, you know, take time for yourself and, and, and reward yourself for that too. Yeah. 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 So, um, so if you were talking to somebody who came into your office and they said, okay, I am ready to get things back on track. Maybe they're not rock bottom, but let's just say they're, they, they haven't, been in a place where, you know, they've taken care of their body and, you know, their, or their mind, and they're trying to get to a place. What would you say are some, uh, you can call them core tenants that are pretty universal. Again, nothing is a hundred percent. Sure. But what would you say that if you want to start somewhere, I would do these things, you know, these three or four things to get you in the right direction, because a, it's, it's, it's maybe easier, you know, it's a simple mm -hmm. thing. B, um, you know, I think it's important to get feedback from your body, you know, cause you'll feel better if you do these things and that'll mm -hmm. lead to other better behaviors. So, um, what would you say are some stuff that kind of fit into those categories that people should look at? Yeah. So first of all, you know, I kind of would want to know what they're doing well right now. Okay. Let's start them out because you want to meet the person where they are and start where they are. Okay. So what um, do you like to do? What are you into? Yeah. What, what have you, what do you have or, and what have you succeeded with in the past? Like right. what has worked for you? Right. So again, like talking I love about my those, dogs. And I, so I'll be your patient. Yeah, right? okay. we'll, we'll play a little role play. I'll be or your, your client. Yeah. Sorry, your client. <laughs> okay. So I come into your office and, and I say, okay, Donna, I'm, I feel like crap every day. Yeah. I'm, you know, I want to start feeling better. I'm motivated to get it done. 2023 is going to be my year. Yeah. So what, what do I do? Okay. So tell me a bit about what has been going well for you. Like, in the past, you know, before you came to me, what have you been doing well? Um, well, I don't do much well, honestly. Mm. Um, I sleep in a little bit too long that I would prefer to, I stay up too late. Um, I, I do, uh, you know, I enjoy spending time with my dogs mm -hmm. and, um, I, uh, uh, you know, we get in the pool a lot and play in the water and they enjoy that as well. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I spend a lot of time with my kids and I like spending time with my kids. That's awesome. So you just said that you're not doing, you know, a lot well. Well, you know, like you are. Yeah, okay. See, you're positive reinforcement. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Absolutely. I like that. Absolutely. Um, so it sounds like you like being active with your dogs and your kids. Yes. That's it, awesome. So if you call it active, I mean, I'm usually sitting in a chair watching, but. Okay. Let's get active. Let's get active. But back to like the the core tenets, you know, I think um, some of the, the things that we look at, like if we were going to look at the pillars of health, right? Okay. So there's going to be, to me, um, I used to say that nutrition was a top thing. Like that was my passion. Like nutrition, if you know, that's, it starts with nutrition, but I have completely changed my mind on that. Okay. Sleep is number one. Okay. Sleep. Yes. I've heard and, that. And like, if you don't get your sleep, your everything else is just going to fall off. So, mm -hmm. um, we're definitely going to be looking at like what your sleep looks like. Right. And so what would you say on sleep? What, um, what are some, um, very important things that you need to pay attention to, to make sure that you sleep well? Yeah. So your, um, your evening routine, your, or the one that's setting you up for the, it actually starts in the morning, but let's say a sure. nighttime routine, um, for, uh, 
for get, having successful sleep would be just winding down, you know, okay. as the, having a routine that just kind of calms you down at the end of the night, um, not checking your emails, not being on right. your Facebook. Staying if, away from screens. If you probably. can, I know that's tough, but if you can at least like half an hour, like before you go to bed and then having some kind of like relaxing routine, like whether it's washing your face or brushing your teeth and just like dimming the lights, yeah. something that really sets the tone. Maybe a little mommy and daddy time, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> that's actually great. Yes. But yes. That's great. Yeah. Um, and um, what about timing? Like, is it, is the, is it important to go to bed at the same time and wake up? They say that it's like, yeah. And they okay. say that like if before 11 is like when your body is just going to like have a better. So if you were to like sleep from 11 to seven, let's say uh -huh. you're going to have a better sleep cycle than if you were to go to bed at one and wake up at nine. So okay. it might be the same amount of hours, but we're kind of messing with our, the way natural. That our, yeah. It's Cause it has to do with like when the sun goes down, when the sun comes up a little bit. That right? and, and some of just our internal circadian rhythm of things. Okay. Um, so, uh, I I'm not an expert in that at all, but, right. um, so, uh, so timing is important. Timing is important. And then making sure your room, we talked about this earlier room has to be kind of in a cool temperature. I know everyone right. is different, but the, the optimal would be between like 63 to like 68, 69 right. degrees in your room. So it's that better to sleep in the cool, cool than it is in warm. For sure. Okay. Um, and you know, if, whether it is that you have to have some completely, definitely complete darkness, but like you can do some white noise. I mean, Dave, Dave and I have like, you have like this. You got a whole system. thing. Now it's like when we go out of town, we're like, okay, we have to just somehow bring the fan But there's the actually speaker. like the box fan on, yeah. you know, on, uh, on uh, Spotify that we figured out. It's just like a game changer. <laughs> um, and you know, and also making sure you don't eat anything too heavy or drink too much before bed because right. that's going to just messes your up your sleep. sleep. It really does. Yeah. Um, I drink a lot of water before I go to bed and I got to go to the bathroom pretty early. Is that kind of throw it off a little maybe, bit too? Maybe we'll that scale that down a little bit, bit to, the, right. to the earlier parts of the day. Um, not that I don't do that sometimes too. So don't, you know, seems uh, like when I'm just sitting there, I'm drinking thirsty and thirsty. Well, at least I stopped drinking whiskey, I guess. That, that's that is a good thing. Cause that will yeah. definitely disrupt your sleep. Yeah. So that, um, so I have like sleep and okay. then to me, stress management is right under it. Okay. And, any when you say stress management, what do you mean? Any coping strategies that you use to manage your stress. Deal so with whatever, be, like journaling or something like that? Whatever could be yeah. journaling. And I don't necessarily like mean like you're doing it before bed, but can, right. it can be. So whatever it is I use, I mean, for you, it could be like, um, you know, playing video games or right. it could be like going for a walk. So it's, uh, some people would call it like decompressing. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I mean, something that you use. Some people just, watch a show just to, just to shut their brain off and for, yeah, got it. Um, but whatever it is, that, and it, it doesn't have to be just one thing, it can be a few things, but definitely managing your stress, um, whether it is using just tools on your own or seeking professional help for that. That's really, really important. Right. And all of those things, like especially as it applies to making, let's say you're trying to make lifestyle changes, um, you can take care of your nutrition and exercise and it's all great. But there's if you're not taking care of those, those other things, things, it's just not going to be optimal right you're just there's just gonna because you're releasing all these hormones that are just going to get in the way yeah. of you really just living your best well and if you life. don't feel if you're not rested then you're not going to want to get up oh, and work okay. out and you're not going to feel great after you're done because you're just going to be tired because you didn't get enough sleep and you know all this kind of, so yeah i mean i can see how that all relates to each other absolutely not yeah. to mention the hormones that are released whenever you're not sleeping well and right. you're you're hungrier you're not satisfied your cortisol levels are up you're you're belly fat, you know, that's yeah. when you, the, the cortisol levels that's associated with belly fat. And so, um, it can just kind of hinder your, and that all progress. kicks up because of lack of sleep and stress. Those yes. two things, really those kick two in. things are just 
like paramount right. to everything else. Well, how do people like, wh what are some things that you would suggest, you know, specifically when it comes to like dealing with stress and, and, you know, I think there's two schools of thought when it comes to stress in that individuals, not, not that it's what it is, but it's, it's like either you're going, well, I'm stressed, but you know, I got to get over it. I, you know, I think I, I suffer from this, like, okay, I'm having a stressful day, but you know, suck it up, get over yourself, quit dealing yeah. with it. You know, that's, what's going on in my brain. Sure, like stop sure. being a whiny, you know what, yeah. just like deal with it. Yeah. And then there's the other side of oh, everything's stressful. I'm always stressed. Everything brings me stress. You know, oh, the, the, the yellow light turned red too soon. Oh my gosh, my day's ruined. You know what I mean? There's, there's both of those sides. So, so how would, what would you suggest to somebody who, they're all stressed by the way though one of the one of yeah. the things that i've that i've heard recently that i that i think is brilliant is somebody said the worst thing that's ever happened to you is still the worst thing that's ever happened to you meaning you know maybe maybe i uh uh you know broke my leg last week and that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me mm -hmm. and maybe you you know lost your child the week before that. And that's mm -hmm. the worst thing that's ever happened mm -hmm. to you. Well, obviously somebody from the outside is going to go, well, that's obviously way worse than you breaking your yeah. leg. Okay. Yeah. But the emotions and the stuff that you feel, because I've never experienced the loss of a child or anything like that, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So the emotions are similar. They're not measured the same. They're not, you know, whatever. But, but what that's saying is just like, just because it doesn't seem like it's that bad, to you in that moment, it's still a stressful situation and causes yeah, you Yeah, right? I think, you know, definitely it's our, it's our perception of what it is. So right. that it's, it's all about perception. Right. right? And so. Cause you're um, living the world through your eyes. Absolutely. And nobody else is. And your body, um, will react to stressors in the same way. Uh -huh. Like if, especially like if you're a person who's just, um, more reactive in that way, um, whether you're being you know, chased by a dog right. or like you were late turning something in, your body's still going to react the same way. Yeah, Your heart rate's going to go up. Your, yeah. yeah. And the thing is like, we live in a world where we're chronically stressed. It's not like, you know, not that it was easy living back in the day when you're being chased by yeah. things, but yeah. like they had but the emotions are still moments, the same, right? They're the same, yeah. but they had moments of just like calm and not, you know, whereas now it's constantly chasing us. Yeah. And so the stress management piece is so important because we're constantly in a high stress level okay. there's and back to sorry back to like what our uh what we were talking about where we're constantly stimulated that's that's one of the contributors of that is that you know you'll, you'll get emails from this and then you'll get like news from this and then you'll get like sounds from that so it's or a ping from something so it's this constant stress yes um and uh that's why just finding something um, if you are one of those people that just kind of says, all right, we'll just shove it just so you know, I mean, there's only, it's, it's, it's kind of like up. if you were to tell your kid, I always use this, like if you're going to tell your child to go clean their room uh -huh. and they're like, sure, I'll go clean my room. And then you come in there and they're like, it's, it's perfect, isn't it? And then you open up the closet and, and like fall everything <laughs> falls out. It's the same thing. Eventually. Yeah. Um, and you and I had talked about this earlier too, is that the body stores these emotions. Right. And so you may think like, I'm good. You know, like I'm such a, I'm such a dude. Like I hold right. all my feelings Strong. together, you know, like no one knows everything's fine. Yeah. And meanwhile, like pestering somewhere in your body, you have yeah. like this like a tumor in my stomach. Well, right. you know, even if it's just like you're, you have back issues yeah. and you're just like holding and you're just like, I don't, I don't know why, what's, what's happening oh, yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, um, and that energy's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah. So you have to find a way. And, you know, I obviously I'm a huge proponent of therapy. I think anyone would benefit from therapy, but mm-hmm. it's not for everyone. Like some right. people just, it's, it doesn't speak to them or it's just not the right tool for them. Um, but there are ways to have therapy without being. I think when you say therapy, unfortunately it has a, um, probably a negative connotation to it to some people, not, yeah. not to everybody. Um, but, and that's, that's because of the way they, they think that they're laying on a couch yeah. and they're spilling their guts to some stranger who's going to tell them how to fix all their problems. And, and at least I've never personally had therapy myself, but you know, I know the others that have, you are now by the yeah. way, <laughs> <laughs> but, th- but that's what I was going to say is this, this is a form of therapy. Mm-hmm. When you talk to somebody and you tell them, and especially the, the reason that the stranger part is so beneficial is because there's what I guess you would say maybe less fear of judgment because it's mm-hmm. not somebody that you know. Mm-hmm. So when you tell somebody your deepest, darkest interferes or whatever they may be, that's a complete stranger. That is a professional. That's not there. That's, that's pretty cathartic. I think because those are things that people hold inside. They don't let it out, you know? And, yeah. and like you said, it builds up your back hurts, your neck hurts, you've got a cough or whatever the case may be. Um, but I, I think it gets lost on the fact that like you just said, there's a lot of things that are therapy, you know, the, the Conrad's talking about this is why he plays basketball. It's a stress reliever. That's his therapy. You know, your therapy is speaking to someone is maybe spending time with your mom and talking to her and, you know, going through, you know, whatever happened in your day or your week or whatever. And, you know, and I think that, you know, women are way better at this than I think men are because they're, they're more vocal. They're more generally speaking, they're a little bit more um, verbal with, with how they feel and what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And I've, I'm that way a little bit just because I talk so damn much, but, but it is, it has become, that's kind of my, you know, it drives my wife crazy because I'm the talker and she's not. And so I'll just go and go and go and go and go. Yeah. She's like, are we done? Like, are we finished with this? T-? Like, no, I'm still, I call it getting the poison out. I'm yeah, still yeah. getting my poison that's out. Great. Yeah. And actually, by the way, um, it's, it's just from, uh, from the way that we are brought up, that's why boys are and men are like that. It's not so much that. Actually, I was just reading yesterday that um, when you compare six-year-old boys and girls, the boys are more emotional than the girls are. So I think oh. we're just, you're ta- sadly, you're taught out of Trained. that. Like, Shut yeah, up. Don't you're, say yeah, anything. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Um, quick crying. <laughs> exactly. I'm guilty like, of that, by the way. Um, uh, so it's, I, I know it does have a negative connotation for people, but just getting it out in some way. So, yeah. you know, like Conrad was saying, like basketball, like what, yeah, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Go talk to your boys, hang out, whatever, is, yeah. however you're, however you're doing it. But I think, you know, talking about things and just, um, that interpersonal social interaction so with important. people is important, right? It's so important. I yeah. mean, and we back to what our conversation about longevity, I think if you look at like, you know, there's a whole talk about blue zones, like what are some of the common threads? And I think one of the common threads is that, um, they have that social interaction with people on a daily basis. Community. Yeah. Community yeah. is really important. Just talking to people. Well, they use, um, there was a long time and I, I saw this somewhere where like Okinawa, Japan mm-hmm. has always been used as kind of like the, you know, the, cause they lit, they had like the longest, you know, yeah. lifespan of anybody. And they, they always talked about their diet and they yeah. talked about, you know, well they eat fish and you know, it's the healthy fats and you know, the rice and blah, blah, blah. And that was the narrative for a very long time. Well, mm-hmm. just within the last, you know, maybe 10 years or so that I've seen, um, it started to change and morph a little bit and that the diet was a part of it for sure. But what was also a big part of it was they walked everywhere they yep. went. There were very little automobile cars or transportation on the island because mm-hmm. it's a smaller island. So mm-hmm. village to village, they're walking. And, you know, again, it's kind of an older 
mentality or an older world of I'm talking to my neighbor, I'm visiting my aunt, you know, that's two villages over. And, you know, there was that, there was that sense of community there. Mm -hmm. So not only are they getting out and exercising, whatever you want to call it, they're, they're moving. moving. And then they're also in that same, cause they, that puts you in a great mindset. And now you're, you're walking over to your neighbors and you're going to chat with them for an hour and talk about how their family's doing and all that kind of stuff. And that is another level of, you know, that mental, um, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Resilience. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that just, that just kind of helps those people live <laughs> so long yeah. because they just have all these perfect, you know, factors that, and it's not, it's just their culture. It's not like it was, it was designed that way. Yeah. It's just who they are. They don't go to, they don't drive to a gym to go do that. No, <laughs> yeah. No. They, they just, it's part of who they are. And yeah. I think, you know, again, like in, in, in going back to what you asked, what, what people can do. So like the, the piece about um, sleep, stress management, and then when it applies to nutrition, I think just, again, not taking like that all, all or nothing type of approach, but just doing more of what you think that works for you right. and less of what doesn't. And that takes a lot of trial and error because what works for me may not work for you and vice versa. Right. right? But there are some things. Some right, things that we can agree upon, right? That are like, kind of like, don't do that. What I will say, like going into the new year, uh -huh. um, I think people have really just not paid attention to their intake of protein. Okay. And I wanted to make sure to say this because I think, um, like not enough, not enough protein. Okay. And, um, I follow kind of, I follow this, uh, this one doctor and her name is Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's very muscle centric. So okay. it's all about muscle is the organ of longevity. Right. And, um, supports bones and joints and keeps you upright. Yeah. And, and yeah, then once you fat. start losing, yes. And once you start, so it's the key to metabolic health. I really feel like it's the gold mine, but once you start losing muscle, you're losing bone too. And mm -hmm. then, you know how we talked about freedom, you start losing freedom because yeah. you're not moving around and you're not as mobile. And then as people age, some of the things that she has seen because she has worked with the, you know, with the senior community and people who are like, literally on their deathbed mm -hmm. and they just they've just literally just deteriorated to nothing and yeah. they just don't have a lot of support for their body like their whole structure is pretty much gone and so going back to protein um people just especially for some reason women don't consume enough of it i think there's just kind of like this whole uh I, I actually don't know why I'm a, I'm a big protein person, so I'm not sure why. But. You know, my wife's kind of that way a little bit. And she says, I may be misquoting her, but she like sometimes has stomach issues with it. Like mm -hmm. it bothers her, but I don't know if that's lack of, you know, it's kind of one of those, like if you don't do it regularly, then you don't get used to it. It could be and, like if you do like some that. enzymes for it, but it just depends obviously on the type of proteins that you're consuming. Now, if you're someone who eats animal, you know, animal products, then it's easier to get enough protein. But are you a are you a vegetarian or vegan? Not at all. No, okay. I'm very. I'm, Were you I'm, at one point? I was when I was younger. younger. Okay, but it was like it had no reason whatsoever, just right. because it was you know yeah. just something that I was doing. But I was also my dad had a heart attack when I was thirteen, and so well, there is a reason. My dad had a heart attack when I was thirteen, and so we were told. You know, red meat, get rid salt, of all yeah, the red meat. Yeah. Do not eat any fat. So I grew up on like this. That's, so, that's so horrible that that cookies that have no <sighs> no fat. You know, yeah, it was very very bad. Um, and, hey, can you speak to that just real quick? Yeah. Just for anybody that's not familiar with the the whole thing about where we went from, say. 70s, 80s, 50s, 60s, whatever, all the way up to now, where it used to be low fat. You know, no red meat. This yeah. is how you kept yourself from having heart disease, right? Yeah. That's not it, true. It, one of the worst things that we could have been taught. And, yes. we, and you and I grew up in that. Yes. Time. So it was, and I was personally affected because my dad had a heart attack. So they were like, 
And these are coming from doctors. No eggs. No eggs. No meat. You know, just eat like all the all the cholesterol's bad. All that, yeah. All the low fat, you know, high carby stuff. So I would use vegetable oil. Don't use butter. Yeah, none of that. We had margarine. Margarine. (laughs) Here's all this vegetable oil in your food. Don't put that fat in there. That's bad for you. It was awful. Um. So um. So definitely, I was kind. I kind of became more vegetarian and then kind of vegan just because I thought, I guess it was a great idea, but I was horribly sick from it. And, um, I told you just earlier that I have celiac and that's kind of, I think that really just tipped things over because I was consuming a lot of things that were not real food and, you know, eating the things that, well, that's what happens to a lot of people that go vegetarian or vegan is that they end up eating a lot of carbohydrates and a lot of sugars kind of the same And for thing. some people that works, by the way, I don't want to like, sure. you know, yeah, again, take we, away from not from one size fit work. all. Yeah. Yes. And if you, I, I, you know, if I think if you manage that diet well and you're very well versed in how it works, I don't, you can I, definitely, you can do, definitely it well. do it well. But even when you hear people say things like, and I've heard this before, I don't know if this is true um, about, you know, like broccoli has protein, right? Tofu has protein. Yeah. That's true. They do. But from what I understand or what I've read is that there's a difference between having protein and it being bioavailable, meaning your body can actually absorb it. And that's the, when you were saying the thing about eggs, that's another thing that I've learned this year. And I I love, I've always loved eggs, but I didn't realize it, you know, I read somewhere it was like the most next to breast milk. So breast milk was number one. Mm -hmm. And then right second to breast milk, it was the you know, the entire makeup of that egg is, is used by your body. Essentially. I can't remember what the term they called for it, but it was, it was basically like 89% or 90% of what is in that egg. Your body will use and sure. it will form muscle. It'll form tissue. Yeah. It turns into something it's highly bioavailable. Yes. Yeah. And, but then something like a bro- a piece of broccoli yeah. has benefits. It's got fiber. It's got all that kind of stuff, but the, the protein that's there, you're, for whatever reason, your cells, your body can't actually access it as well as, or access it as well as they can from a steak or a piece of chicken or an egg. Not to mention that you need a lot of broccoli in order to meet those needs. And so, and so like when I, when I'm talking with my clients, I'm like, for every meal that you have aim for at least 30 grams of protein. And I'm being like, very like, I would love if it was like 50 grams. How many of grams protein. of protein are in like a, say an eight ounce steak? Um, eight know? ounce steak. If, well, it depends on the steak and the amount of fat that has, but eight ounce could, could have a nice, like 45. Okay. To, yeah. Okay. So you could get away 50. with it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and you know, there's chicken, there's eggs, there's if for people who are on the vegetarian and vegan, they have to be more, you know, more, uh, thoughtful in the way that they're planning their right. meals. But, um, that Do you will, supplement protein. Is that a, I, I mean, I, I think there are definitely ways that you can supplement wisely. And okay. to me, like when it comes to whey protein isolate, I think that's a, that's a great, okay. that's a great supplement. So to, for people who don't have any issues with dairy or anything, right, like that. right, right. Um, and you know, for, for other people who are not, or who are vegetarian or vegan, I'm sorry, I'm being, distracted right now by my my phone oh <laughs> um that's why i'm lost my train of thought no you're here. fine um but uh uh there are pea proteins and rice uh-huh. protein blends and things okay. like that that they can supplement as well if they're having issues but i think um yeah just that protein piece can lead to satiety to blood sugar balance and it's not that i think i've from what from yeah. my understanding of the of the the, the science um and uh also making sure that they're not that they have muscle that they're not losing muscle, but even building muscle. Right. Um, and that's really important for longevity and just for metabolic health. Well, they have a lot of, um, uh, treatments or I, I should say like when they go to, 
you know, older, older people, when they do therapy and stuff, there's a lot of weight training that occurs now. I mean, sometimes it's body weight and that kind of thing, but because of what you were saying, the building muscle into older age and maintaining muscle is very important because it, it's, it stabilizes your entire body yeah. and you can continue to walk around. You can continue to move well. And that's where I saw a shift. Um, Susan, my wife, she had a uh, hip replacement surgery. Oh. Um, like two, it's been about a year, I guess, year and a half. Okay. Um, she was a congenital thing that she had it just yeah. deteriorated over time or whatever but but anyway um you know the the old way of of having a major surgery like that was you have surgery they replace this part of your body and then you rest and then yeah. you let it repair and and now it's shifted dramatically the the day after it's like she went in under the knife had the surgery it ended at i don't know three o'clock in the afternoon she slept for the, the rest of the day, they woke her up the next morning at six o'clock and mm -hmm. she had to start walking yeah. immediately uh -huh. because they said you have to build up the tissue and the muscles around that. And if you lay there and you don't move, they'll atrophy and it gets worse and recovery time takes longer, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so that's where the exercise piece comes in. So like, yes, you're eating these foods, but you have to have this stimuli to build, right? Right. Right. And, um, and that's at every age, at every age, you should be doing some kind of resistance training. So it's something that would be, uh, personalized to you, like, but what sure. your abilities are, but I think, you know, starting with two to three days of some kind of resistance, resistance training. So again, going to our conversation of what would I, you know, encourage yeah. people to do. Um, and then along with that, having daily walks of at least, you know, if you could do, if you could do 30 minutes. Awesome. If you could do an hour, awesome, but yeah. just walking. Yeah. Um, that is one of those two things are going to help. Can you, you explain to people why walking is so important? Because I think yeah. people think, well, I'm just walking. I'm not, my heart rate's not really getting up. It's not what, why is that? So why does that really, I didn't realize actually until a couple of years ago, how, how impactful it was to some extent, but can you explain that? Yeah. I think the number one thing is that it's the most accessible, accessible. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to do much in order to go walking. Right? right. And it's the most sustainable. So you're not putting yourself out by like doing these hard cardio sessions, not to mention that when you're, you're moving your body. So you're utilizing, you know, um, your glucose. And so you're maintaining, you know, healthy blood sugar levels and just, um, you know, just on a cellular level, just utilizing everything to the best of its capacity. But, um, because it's sustainable, it's something that you can just do every day. Right. And what I found is that because again, not just I found, but I, but this is, this is from what I've read. So not just anecdotally working with clients, but also from, you know, what I, what I read. So the science says, the science says that, um, when we're, when we're just doing something like that kind of at a low level, we don't tend to like go home and get really, really hungry as opposed right. to like a hard cardio session. Yeah. And so a lot of times where people are just like working out so hard, they eat hard too. They eat hard too. Yeah. And the, it's not enough like to cover like what the workout was right. or, you know, they're eating above maintenance. Right. Like, what, what's well, happening? plus to your work, when your workouts fall off and you don't work out hard, but you and still kind of eat hard. Continuing those, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're continuing those same habits. Yeah. Whereas walking, because it's just low grade, mm -hmm. you're not, in fact, it can help with, yeah. it can help manage that. Yeah. And if you take a walk out, after you eat yes i've heard blood that sugar down yeah and so that's so those are great things so um two to three if you could do you know two to four if or if you have the ability three to five resistance training you know so it doesn't have to be long it can be 20 minutes yeah. you know per week or per 
uh, time that you're doing. And by the way, again, just do something. Just do something. It doesn't Even have if you to start be... with one day, I yeah. would love that. And yes. that could be like a whole body situation, yeah. just moving your body with yeah. bands or body weight. Um, uh, you know, body weight, I think, uh, and again, this is stuff that I learned a little while ago, but um, I didn't realize the some of the benefits of just using your body. I mean, you know, what, what are they called? Uh, um, Hindu squats, um, you know, where you go all the way down, oh, you know, yeah. deep Hindu, uh -huh. this little thing. Yeah, yeah. But that's just purely body weight, push-ups, yeah. pull-ups, you know, all of those, those type of great. things. Anything that you can do just to just to work on some, you know, core uh, or, or I should say the major muscle groups, mm -hmm. you know, your your back, your mm -hmm. legs, your those kind of things, because then you get all the fat burning benefits of it. Yep. You know, you get the blood, you know, the, the lower um, blood sugar levels and all of those things that kind of just overall make you feel better. And like you said, you don't have to do, you know, a thousand pushups, like just do 10, you know, start somewhere, start doing, start 10. where you are. Yeah. Start where you are. I like that. Then, yeah. Start where you are. And then just do one more tomorrow and yeah. then another one yeah. and then another one and just keep showing up for yourself and do 1%. Even if you're just doing 1%, just keep showing up even on a day that you're not feeling well, even just show up and just like something. Yeah. Just, yeah. to, but of course with that honor, like if you're really not feeling well, honor yes. that and yes. take care of yourself and yes. do what you need to do. So, I mean, there definitely has to be some flexibility there, right? Like, like would you say there's a benefit to like a reward system for yourself a little bit too along the way, okay. because you're not going to see, don't the, punish yourself so much if no, you fail. Yeah, no, no. And I think not seeing anything is really not seeing anything as a failure, seeing it as a learning, yeah. like this has just not worked for me. Yeah. So what, what have I learned from this and what can I do differently? And heck, I mean, the fact that you even tried to me that success, yeah. I think, um, so I just, I don't even like to look at things as failures. I right. really don't. And it's not me being like optimistic. I just don't think there are i think yeah. there's just that didn't work uh so uh i i love kobe bryant okay so um and not because of basketball like because i'm a mavs fan in uh lakers and kobe beat us for a long time but yeah. um after he passed away i got into kind of his mentality side of things a little bit and you know and how we talked about tools you know social media tools like my TikTok is filled with Kobe and you know these guys yeah. that are motivational people and whatever yeah. just because that's what I it's not people dancing or cat videos like that's you can you can craft your tools to whatever you want them to be yeah. but um but anyway he's got one where he's doing an interview mm -hmm. and somebody asks him like how do you deal with failure and he kind of gets pissed so he's like I don't even know what that is he's like what does that even mean what is failure yeah he's like you know I did this thing. It didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Yeah. Well, I got to get up tomorrow and do something else anyway. Yeah. So, you know, wh why would I dwell on this thing that didn't turn out the way I wanted to? That's a, he's like, that's a stupid word. I don't even like the word failure because yeah. it's just learning. I just learned I did something wrong. I don't want to do it that way anymore. Now I'm going to do it a different way, but no matter what, and he's like, even if I have success, if I did it right, well, guess what? I got to wake up tomorrow. I got to do something else again then too. Yeah. So it's just this constant, like there is no failure there, you know, there's success, but there isn't you never get to the end point, right? You never get to the place where, like we said, we're back to where we talked about retirement, right? Yeah. I'm going to retire. Okay. Well, what does that mean? You're going to sit on a beach and play golf. Well, you're going to do that every day for the next 15 years or however long you're alive. Yeah. How is that sustainable? Yeah, it's not. Exactly. So you have to just accept the fact that there isn't an end. There isn't, I mean, there is an end, but right. you know, <laughs> we all have that one is shut when the lights shut off, Yeah. but, um, or maybe they open back up, who knows? Uh, but, but there isn't a day where you're just going to go, ah, everything's done. 
I know. You know, it never happens. So if that day isn't there, then neither is the one where everything is falling apart, right? Mm -hmm. So so don't get mired in failure. Don't get overly thrilled about successes. I mean, celebrate yourself, you know, that kind of thing. But tomorrow's another day. You're going to have to wake up and you're going to have to do whatever's got to be done tomorrow. So just show up. Just show up, man. And like, just do the best that you can. And I mean, like, we're getting philosophical here. I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's showing up for yourself every single day and knowing that like one thing that you did isn't going to disrupt the whole, all the other stuff that you've done. Yeah. And I think looking back at like your, your past successes and really using that as a motivation, because I, people are constantly looking for motivation. They're like, yeah. well, I don't have enough motivation. Well, you know what? I don't either. And I think that's where yeah, everybody we de- suffers. We definitely that. have to have like some, some things in place that are just like, well, look, you know, discipline is going to outweigh motivation. Yep. And then you have to have like that consistency over just like, you know, whatever it is. Like I, I wrote some notes for myself to not forget, but like the progress over perfection, okay. you know, like also remembering that and not getting, um, I have a lot of, well, I already, I already messed up this day, so I might as well just, it's all to, all to heck from here. And it's like, no. Well, it's, it's funny. Um, I think we're wired that way, whether people realize it or not. And I, I read this thing and I, I still, I keep meaning to go back cause I, I heard it and I've heard it a couple of times and I don't know that it's a hundred percent true. So I'm going to phrase it that way, but I'm fairly certain it is. But anyway, so there was apparently this, uh, study that they did at, it was either Harvard or Stanford. And it was, you know, probably 10 or 15 years ago. And they had some people with traumatic brain injuries that, um, so they, they were in a place where I don't want to say that they weren't going to live, but it was certainly like, you know, they're willing to try whatever they can try to see what they can do. So essentially they took different, you know, like nodes essentially in, Mm -hmm. in, in planted them into their brain and it controlled emotion centers within the brain. And somehow there was like a you know, a pad that you could stimulate and push a button and you could be, didn't mean to do that. You could be happy Uh or you could be sad or it would stimulate some type of emotion in your brain. Yeah. And so the, the people that were running the experiment basically assumed that people would gravitate to joy and pleasure and all the positive things that we experience, you know, and and have. And, um, and it was a small, I think it was like 25 people. So, you know, take this for what it is. But, um, but what they actually found was that people gravitated more towards frustration. Huh. And, and, and the reason being like what they, what they basically hypothesized based off of, you know, what they had studied and learned was that people tend to gravitate towards challenges mm. and things that are hard because that going through that process is the reward and not the actual reward of getting it. So for example, um, you know, we're, we're cavemen living in a, you know, trying to keep our family safe, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I got to build a fire cause I got to warm the cave. Mm-hmm. All right. So I go get wood. I build the fire. Fire's built. Okay. Now what? Now what? Yeah. Okay. Well now I got to feed everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Well, let's go kill the animal. Bring it home. Now we got the food back. All right. Here's the food. We're always on to the next thing. Now what? Yeah. Right. So that, that time when you accomplish that thing, uh-huh. you know, it's like, um, when the team wins the Super Bowl, you know, there's that moment of, Oh, this is amazing. It's wonderful or whatever, but that's, it's this, it lasts that long. Right. And it's the struggle to get to that point. That is really where everything, where, where the, where the true pleasure, the true, um, 
enjoyment of life occurs. It's not the accomplishment of the thing. Yeah. It's getting to the thing. It's, it's the, what do they say? It's the journey. It's not the destination. Yeah. And right? people are always so focused on the destination. And I think, you know, kind of to bring it all together is that sustainability piece. And I think that's where I, why people have trouble, you know, they're like, I've succeeded, I've made it here, but then I went right back to where things were because they never planned out the sustainability part yeah. of it. They never planned out what happens after this right. when it's just the daily stuff. Yeah. Kind of what you were talking about with Kobe, where he's like, Well, I just show up. I, the, tomorrow I still have to do this. Do and that's the thing. You're gonna have to wake up and do the same thing and do the same thing. And you have to build in like systems and little rewards and little motivations. And sometimes you just have to rely on discipline yeah. or a community or whatever it is that you have to do, but you have to plan for it. So circling back to the, uh, the new year's resolutions is no one is planning for that. They're just like, they just want that little reward. Yeah. But what then? Yeah. What happens next? What happens next? Yeah. And the thing is, it, honestly, that's where kind of like the, the magic is, is after that, when you just learn how to just make it this daily thing that you do, it's just like brushing your teeth yeah. because you had nasty breath, you know? Right. And, and, and would you say that that needs to be the mindset for people? Then it's not, again, it goes back to the goal, right? Okay. Having goals is good, right? But having a plan is better. Really important. Yeah. If you don't have a plan, then I mean, what in the world are you doing? Right. Like you just, it's like people want to eat healthier, but they they didn't even like plan their shopping or right. the meals that they're going to do. So how are you going to eat healthier? What it, then they they're like, well, then I just ate what was available, or I went and I I went to you know picked up some food, which because they never had a plan. So yeah. you have to start with a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that um, you know when it comes to people wanting to take care of themselves and and. I, th I think everybody wants to be a better version of themselves, Obviously. right? That's why. Uh, do you like my shirt? My shirt says "Worry about yourself." Oh, I like that's, it. That's uh, yeah, one, one of my friends made this for me. <laughs> there's a there's a little girl. I got this from um, there's a you know video social media video yeah, where yeah. it's this little girl and sh she's like maybe that. three, yeah, and she's putting on her her seatbelt, you know. And yeah, I saw that. Her dad's filming her. He's like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Worry about yourself." Worry about yourself. I love it. You know, like that's to me that is like philosophy for life. Just because. If you become the best version of you that's available that yeah. you can get to, and by the way, that never ends. You know, it's a, it it Constant. continually goes along. But if you can be that, then every it seems to everything else just kind of seems to work out well. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just gotta take care of you when you're taking care. And, and it sounds selfish, but it's no, not. It's, it's not. It's the most unselfish thing, honestly, because if you are your best self, you're available for other people. Right. Hands down. If I'm gonna not take care of myself. I will not be a good mom, a good wife, a good friend, a good daughter, whatever, because I won't have the bandwidth for it. But right. if I take care of myself, I fill up my battery that I'm like, all I want to do is give because yeah. I feel like that's my purpose in life. Yeah. Right. But yeah. if I don't take care of that, I'm just going to be exhausted, burnt out. Got to take care of yourself. And it, and, and, and not even like saying like, um, I think again, words matter. And so when people are saying I'm being selfish, I'm taking care of myself. No, I'm just doing things to, take care of myself, whatever it is. Yeah. So. No, I, th I, I think that that's something that, you know, if I think more and more people should spend more and more time getting better on, the, on their own, on their own terms with their own way, but, but you need help. 
right? Sometimes yeah. you need a little bit of guidance. You need a little bit of help. And that's where somebody like you comes in. Yes. Yes. So before we, we've been going for an hour and a half, by the way. Oh, wow. Yes. See, I told you it's like yeah. a vortex. It eats it by up quick. By the way, Conrad's saying that you should do 20 pushups on the live stream, but we'll, we'll uh, let that, we'll do that <laughs> well, later. We'll, we'll do uh, on the next one because we're going to come back because again there's there's eight million things we could go deeper into the meditation thing we could go deeper into the more nutrition we kind of did a lot of um we, we, we i think there was a lot of philosophy today Listen, uh my favorite actually probably that's my favorite above nutrition yes well <laughs> you have to have your mind in the right place right. in order to be able to want to accomplish yeah. things but um but there is a lot of nuts and bolts stuff that you know you're going to be like my uh, quarterly health expert maybe i'll have come it. in and do this for me I'd love so it. uh because again i'm when you were talking about nerding out on stuff, this is stuff that I nerd out on all the time. I love this kind of thing. Um, but before we go, uh, because we are pretty deep into here, um, is there anything that you wanted to mention or talk about? Because you got your notes, and I'm sure we touched on like 5% of what you wrote down. Yeah, maybe one thing. Right. Uh, is there anything that you really wanted to mention? And then the second thing I want to do is I do want you to you know, give a little commercial for yourself a little bit because yeah. um, I think what you do is very important, and I think that – People need to take care of themselves and they need to make mm -hmm. themselves a priority and they need to, and I don't mean, you know, when I say this, I'm not saying, you know, go drop, but you have to, money is the currency of all things. And if you're going to spend time and effort on yourself, you have, to, it requires a little bit of money. If you want to go to the gym, you pay a gym membership. Mm -hmm. If you want to go see, seek therapy, you pay a therapist. If you want to eat better, sometimes, unfortunately, these days, you know, healthier foods are a little bit more expensive. It's yeah. messed up in our society yeah. that it's that way, but that's what it is. So all of this stuff costs something, but what you don't understand or what maybe people don't realize is you have to invest in yourself. Yeah. And when you invest in yourself, you become a better version of you, which becomes a better version of everybody else. So I want you to tell everybody what you do, you know, what you offer, you know, give me a little Donna commercial. That's yeah, what I'm looking for. That sounds good. So first of all, yes, investing in your health is the most important thing that you can do your, if you have children, your children will thank you because it's it's something that um, it doesn't just impact you, it impacts everyone else around you. Right. And, you know, I experience this on the daily just with, with my family members. And it's just, just take care of yourself because it's just, it's sad when it's it's kind of like they say, would you rather spend money now in the upfront or later on in, in medical bills? And yeah. I'll tell you what, spend on yourself um, on the on the front end. Mm -hmm. And as is as for me, um, what I offer is one-on-one uh, -on -one services, but I also work with couples and with families. Okay. And um, I've done groups in the past, may get back to that as well. Um, but if you want to reach me, you can email me, Donna Shafir, D-A-N-A, Shafir, S-H-A-F-I-R, wellness at gmail.com. Okay. I'm also on um, Instagram at Donna's Dose, D-A-N-A, Donna's S-D-O-S-E, Donna's Dose of Wellness. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook as well. But Email is probably just the easiest way to to contact me. Okay, and we can have I offer um, a compliment complimentary fifteen minute conversation, so you can know if I'm the right fit for you. Yeah, um, I think that's really important. Is you know even if I'm not, there are people out there who are. So just find the person who's the right fit for you, and that applies as for health coaching and therapy and whatever it is that you're looking for. Yeah. you were talking about doctors as well. Just doctors who listen to you. You have to find um, you're you are the consumer, and this is your health. And don't just give your health to someone else. You are the advocate for yourself. Yeah. Um, so find someone who is listening to you, who is partnering with you and yeah. Just because they have a couple of letters in front of their name doesn't mean they're right for you. And they, they know everything. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you, again, you back to, you are the expert in your own life and you have to trust your intuition and um, 
yeah, I mean, even if you just want to chat with me and I can guide you to the right path, I'm happy to do that as well. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come see me and do this. And um, I definitely want to do it again in the future because like I said, I can nerd out on this stuff all day long. So um, I I always like to find somebody that's on the same wavelength with me with this kind of stuff. And you can teach me so many things because, you know, unfortunately, when it comes to the world of health and wellness, there's a lot of uh, you know, we'll call it misinformation. I hate that word, but, um, there's a lot of information. A lot out of there. Noise. Yeah. A lot yeah. Of noise. Yeah. And it there's a lot confusing. of people that, uh, um, you know, are trying to maybe earn a quick buck as opposed yeah. to actually help you Yeah, and, and sifting through some of that can be tough, especially when you're in a position where things aren't necessarily going great for you physically or mentally. And, and you're just looking for a lifeline. And so you start grabbing to the first thing that seems, you yeah. know, attractive and beneficial. And, um, and it's not always, it doesn't always work out that way. So, yeah. um, so having good people that you can trust and talk to somebody that, um, can really point you in the right direction and give you a lot of good, um, of good insight and feedback on yourself. And then like you've said a million times, finding someone that will listen mm-hmm. to what you have to say, because like you said, you're the expert of yourself, mm-hmm. right? So thank you so much. Thank it was you. a lot of fun and uh, we will definitely do it again sometime. Awesome. See you guys. Y'all have a great new year. Make those resolutions. Happy new year. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs>